Hey, bestie, I'm so happy you're here. Welcome to Staying Inspired. I'm your hype woman and host, Amanda Yoa, and my jam is inspiring the glass ceiling breakers, the bold move makers, the best life living women in the making. This is the hottest place for empowerment, real conversation, inspiration, humor, and tools for you to up-level your life and make some bold moves in that main character energy. So now that you're here, grab some snacks, sit back, and let's get into it. Hey, girlfriends. Welcome back to another episode of Staying Inspired. I'm your host and hype woman, Amanda Yoa. Today, I have with me my amazing guest, Christina Morelli. She is a relationship coach, an educator, working with individuals and people in partnership to create healthy, rewarding, fulfilling relationships. Her practice is all about fostering self-awareness and providing the relationship education and skills we were never taught. The mission is to educate the world on how to increase relational and emotional intelligence, overall happiness, and personal healing. So welcome to the show, Christina. It's awesome to have you here. I can't wait to dive into our, our topics for today. Thank you so much for having me, Amanda. I'm so excited as well. We got some juicy stuff on the board. Yes, bringing all the juice. Before we bring the juice, I want to bring some flavor. Um, so much love to our sponsor, the Freshworks of Port Richmond. Anyone in Philly, my Philly fam, or anyone visiting the Philly area, you need to swing by here. From their iconic Philly cheesesteaks made fresh on their fresh baked rolls to their wings and those to die for hoagies, as we call them in Philly. Uh, they're a must visit. Elevate, elevate your food game. Dive into a Philly taste sensation. Stop into the Fresh Works of Port Richmond and drop our name for a little extra something something. Um, check them out on the gram and find your next foodie obsession. You can find the link in this episode notes. And that's all I got for you with our sponsor. So, all right, we're going to dive right in. Um, I wanted to really talk about this. I think it's a juicy topic, especially for women. Understanding menstrual cycle um, and how it can enhance your relationships. So, how do the ups and downs of a menstrual cycle typically play with a gal's mood and energy each month? Let's start there. Yeah, let's do it. So, there's actually four stages to the menstrual cycle. Most of us were taught that the only part of the menstrual cycle to consider is the part where we're bleeding, and it is way more um complex than that and honestly really a beautiful experience because once you understand the four stages of the cycle it can completely change the way you approach your life as women i'm ashamed to say that i didn't even know this personally until about a year ago when i listened to this series called 28 ish days and it talked about the different stages of the menstrual cycle and the, um, I guess, energy levels that we have, the moods that we have, and how that can so deeply impact our decisions. And oftentimes we associate like right before our period, the PMS portion as like, a, I'm moody, I'm grumpy, when really our hormones are in a different state and we just don't have as much capacity to be social, nor are we really driven to be social. And I also really want to stress, unfortunately, most women don't even know that there's four different stages of the monthly cycle. And I would love for men to also learn more about the four different stages of the monthly cycle because 50% of our population is women. So why wouldn't we know how to interact and engage more 
cohesively with each other by understanding these different stages. Yeah. So briefly, the stage, the four stages are, I like to actually refer to them as the seasons, right? So we have winter, spring, summer, and fall, essentially. So winter starts when you start bleeding. That is when you're quiet, you're internal, you're maybe sleepy, you aren't feeling very sociable, um, you have low energy, and this all actually deeply aligns to how we feel typically in the seasons. And then as we move into spring, this is where we our estrogen starts to pick up and we're moving into ovulation. We're not quite in ovulation. It's called the, the follicular stage where we're preparing for ovulation. And that is when it's like when you come out of winter and it's sunny out and you're like, I have so much energy. I want to go play. I want to be outside. I want to go socialize. I want to go do activities. So now you're feeling more social. You're feeling higher energy. And then summer is when you are ovulating. And that is when I just think I like to think of it as hot girl summer. Yeah. Right? We're like, we're feeling ourselves. <laughs> we're feeling attractive. We are wearing our more scandalous clothes. We are trying to biologically attract a mate. Um, we're probably more horny. And then as we move out of ovulation and into the fall season, which is our luteal stage, that is where our body is starting to prepare or at least recognize if we're pregnant or not, right? And if we're not pregnant, now it's it's releasing the lining of the uterine wall that built up mm -hmm. during ovulation. And that is when our body is starting to like decompress, right? So when we think about fall, we're like getting in the mood for the season. We're starting, things are starting to calm down. We're not feeling as motivated and we're preparing for winter. Essentially, we're preparing for hibernation, right? So we go through the season every single month or the, the full year of seasons every single month. And the way that this can impact you is if you are tracking where you are in your cycle then you can actually strategically plan your social calendar. If you're looking for a job, the best time to actually start going on interviews is at the beginning, right? The first two seasons of the cycle where you have energy and you're feeling more assertive and confident. And then as you're moving into those other later stages, that is when you can say like, I don't want to overcommit to things. I'm just going to make sure I have time at home. I'm not going to be cooking dinners as much. Maybe I'll get takeout and I just want to cuddle. I don't really want to have sex as much right now. And obviously this all depends on the person and their hormones, right? So this is a generalization. Everybody's hormones are different. Some people experience high testosterone right before they start bleeding, which makes them really horny when they're in the PMS stage. Mm -hmm. But I often believe that the reason why we're so moody and PMS-y is because we are trying to live in a world that doesn't support that stage of our cycle, right? We're still trying to go to work, show up, be the best that we can when our body is telling us to be reflective, be internal, and to, to be more in tune with our own body in those times where the beginning stages are like, get out there and go for it. Agreed. Agreed. And, and that's the, the like, I've noticed as I've gotten older that those seasons for me have become more prominent. So, like, as I was younger, it was kind of like just a whole blur of a mess of, you know, not really knowing. And I think it has a lot to do with maturing and coming into your, you know, your, I'm sure there are differences, you know, as you get older, they say your cycle changes. So I think that comes into play with me. But I think also too, just that like maturity of, 
of understanding your body and really listening to your body. So connecting the dots, you know, how can getting, you know, the 411 on your partner cycle lead to some serious bonding, especially when it comes to bedroom vibes and desires? Yeah, it's a great way to be more in sync with your partner. So if you're speaking from a male perspective who's dating a female. Yes, this um, is for all the males. All you guys are sitting in the car right now, your women, listen up. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> the The best part about that is one, you're more in tune with your partner. You're more in sync with them. And you can actually also help them plan appropriately, right? So at the beginning of their cycle, they're like, let's do all of these things. And you're planning this out a month in advance. And if they, because they're in this high of their estrogen and getting ready to ovulate, so they have all this energy and want to be social. And then there is a consideration that can come into play and being like, let's not plan this many activities during, you know, these weeks, right? So if your female partner doesn't necessarily have that foresight in the moment, it's, it's nice to be able to be reminded like, hey, during this part of your cycle, you don't really have that much energy and then you overcommit and then you're overstressed and this just causes problems, right? We want you to honor your body. I want to honor your body and what you're going through. So let's commit to some things right now, but let's just pick one of the activities that you're trying to plan two weeks from now and commit to that, right? So that's one way to do it. Another way to be understanding is, okay, the first two weeks of her cycle um, or after she's done bleeding, she's going to be really horny. So we're going to take full advantage of this. But then it's also really nice to be considerate and be like, okay, my babe is stressed out right now in the later half of her cycle. Let me take some things off of her plate because she doesn't have as much energy as she normally does. Or let me handle dinner or we'll get takeout because I don't have energy either to pick up the the slack that maybe she needs to put down for a week or two. Um, so it helps you become more in sync and, and also understand what to expect from your partner. So it's no longer a surprise, right? So many times men are like, oh, you must be PMSing. And it's like, this isn't a surprise, guys. Okay. Like we have our cycle. That's a part of it. Be in tune with it. And then you can actually understand your own standards and expectations of what you can have with your partner. Yeah. And I think it's good, you know, cause I say this for all the, the men and women couples, cause men don't experience, you know, our cycle. So they're not, you know, they don't know what's going on. So be open and be, have that communication channel and let them know what you're needing. Let them know where you're at. Like me and my husband have a really good, we're, we're, we're in sync, as I would like to say, not, not our cycles. Um, but you know, like he, he knows what to expect and when to expect it because of my mood changes, my fluctuation, the where I'm at in my cycle. And that was years of me having to communicate those things to him to teach him, you know, like, hey, I, um, I'm not really feeling up to having sex right now. You know, like I'm in my bag. I'm about to get my period. I'm not in the mood. Like, leave me alone. Don't touch me. <laughs> You know, and then there's times where I'm like, hey, come over here. Right. You know, exactly. One of the most healing experiences for me was finding a partner who completely respected and honored my cycle. When I'm able to freely speak about it and normalize the conversation around periods, so often men are like, 
I don't have a cycle, not my problem, right? So I don't want to deal about it. I don't want to deal with it. I don't want to talk about it. And that's just not the case. You are in partnership with a female that is a part of your life. It is now your problem. <laughs> and it's not even a problem. It's just something to understand to help you both live more fluidly and cohesively. Exactly. Yeah, it's it's a part of our life. It's it's what creates life, you know, and enables us to create life. So, you know, it's not it's not a burden. It's not something that, you know, I like you said, like you mentioned earlier, like, oh, you, you're getting your period or whatever, like roll your eyes. And, you know, it, that's to me, it's like demeaning. Don't don't make us feel less than because we have such a, a beautiful gift as women. Um, be willing to to grow and learn and understand. So that, you know, you can have that communication within your relationship. You can strengthen your relationship. Um, so I think that's, you know, really awesome. I wanted to ask you, do you have any juicy stories or light bulb moments about how understanding those hormonal roller coasters made a huge difference in how a couple vibes together with anyone that you, any of your clients? Yes, it is really helpful for people to be aware of it. Yes. I, a lot of my clients, I talk to them about it. They're like, I just don't understand why she's so grumpy or why she's jumping down my throat all the time. And I then proceed to ask them, like, where are you in your cycle? The thing to consider is in certain aspects or the, the fall and winter, there's less patience, right? So as I like to use the metaphor that as our uterine wall is thinning, so is our patience. <laughs> and during during that time, we actually have a lot of clarity, right? We are not nearly as impaired by our hormones. We see things, we, our intuition is heightened and we are just like way more to the point. So when you can understand those aspects, it helps the, the masculine or the man to really understand like where my partner is. And like, this is a time where her intuition is heightened. She has a lot of clarity. She also has very little patience right now. So I'm going to listen and I'm going to pay more attention. And again, try to take things off of her plate. So she's not so stressed out because we are forced to live in a world that doesn't honor our cycles. It's hard to honor our cycles the way we need to. So when we are at home and we have a safe space to be like, I'm in this stage right now and I just need support and I need grace and I need you to listen because I'm in a, I just, I, this is just what I need right now. And if you can sit there and understand that and respect that and heed that, then it changes everything. It changes things for you because you know what to expect and you're, you're changing your standards for your relationship and how to be with your partner or treat your partner. And then it also helps them because it finally, for the first time, we're given permission to honor ourselves in the way our body works when it's been asked so our entire lives to ignore it, pretend like it's not happening, continue the way that you continue despite where you are in your cycle, despite having endometriosis, which is incredibly painful, you know, and or cysts, right? Those things flare up, but we're still expected to show up every day because if we show up to work and we're like, I'm having cysts in my ovaries and my period is making this really painful and I can't show up to work today, guess what? We now are just like feeding into that culture of like women have periods and we 
shouldn't be in the workforce. I mean, that's an exaggeration, obviously, right? But there's a, there's a narrative there that it's like we have to ignore the menstrual cycle in order to survive in this world because it is unfortunately a man's world right now. It's very heavily in the masculine. Yeah, very it's true. Shifting. It's shifting. It is shifting. It is mm-hmm. shifting. You know, and I really, I love, you know, the takeaway that women are going to get from this and men, whoever's listening, whatever women have their partners listening right now, especially for the women and men partner, because it's, you know, unknown to them, you know, just be open. And and at the end of the day, don't take it personal. You know, like you said, with, with your clients, ask and have that open communication. Like, what do you need? And women be open and communicate what it is that you need. And you will save yourselves a lot of grief, a lot of arguments, and, you know, just go with the flow. Go, go with the flow. flow. Go with the flow. Go with no the flow. No pun intended. Yes, no pun intended. <laughs> Look what I did there. I like that. Well, speaking of seasons, I want to pivot a little bit because, you know, it's fall. Maybe not in our cycles, but seasonally. Um, it's fall. And, you know, many will argue that the pumpkin spice flavor itself is delicious. I personally, I'm the first one in line at Starbucks when they launched the pumpkin flavor. I don't know if, if you guys saw my Instagram. I did a whole reel with me getting my pumpkin spice latte, you know, and I was the first day when they launched. I even the day before I'm like, is do you have the pumpkin spice in yet for like us VIPs who, you know, are waiting? And they were like, no, tomorrow. I'm like, okay, whatever. Yeah, fine. I know you have it. <laughs> <laughs> Ironically, it's been reported that most pumpkin spices have next to no pumpkin in them, but are mostly the toppings added to a pumpkin pie. So like sugar, cinnamon, nutmeg, ginger, cloves. So looking at the ingredients, you know, sugar, it can speak for itself, you know, because it's like, what's the big thing about this pumpkin spice season, you know, when it comes to fall? So, you know, sugar, you could speak for itself. It's addictive. It's delicious. We love to hate it and hate to love it. Cinnamon, for those of you who don't know, cinnamon is a natural aphrodisiac. It's known to relax muscles and increase sexual desires. I did not know this. And another another spice that has aphrodisiac properties, nutmeg. Yeah. There you go. A study on rats, the extracts of nutmeg and clove were found to stimulate the mounting behavior of male mice and also significantly <laughs> increase their mating performance. I had to be sure that I said a study on rats because I'm like, if I say just a study, you know, and mounting it, they're going to be like, they did a study with people mounting each other. Like, what the hell? but yeah, it was done on rats. And, and yeah, it, it increased their sexual desire. And another study demonstrated that nutmeg had antidepressant antidepressant like effect involving various you know ner- to the various nervous systems so you know these being the most prominent ingredients of pumpkin spice one can quickly begin to see why there's such a strong pull and why most people who drink pumpkin spice treats during the fall are both happy and horny i like that and what i'm also hearing is that men should drink more pumpkin spice <laughs> Oh, yes. Yes. It's so often associated to, you know, women, especially basic bitches. Yes. I mean, I'm I'm proudly a basic bitch when it comes to pumpkin spice latte season. I mean, they're delicious. How do you deny it? Right. (laughs) But men, if and what I'm hearing men, if you want to be happy and horny, start getting your pumpkin spice on in the fall. There you go. There you go, men. And men, to all the men listening, you're welcome. 
All us women are doing our duties. We're, we're being in sync with our cycle. Yes. And we're being seasonally correct by getting yes. a pumpkin spice latte. <laughs> That's really interesting. I appreciate that aspect of the herbal, you know, aspect of pumpkin spice. I wouldn't necessarily think of pumpkin spice to include what I would refer to as herbal medicine you know, herbal supplements, right? So nutmeg and cinnamon. <laughs> yeah, my husband's going to hear this and I'm going to have them more often. So <laughs> <laughs> baby, get ready. Get ready. Oh gosh. Yes. I mean, I'm already on enough things that are making me, I, I recently, not to change the subject, but just to bring this in the conversation, I was like looking for a way to, um, you know, r- decrease my cortisol levels. So ashwagandha is a great way to do that. So I went to Target because that's my favorite place. And um, I I found this. Did you get your pumpkin spice latte? I did. Same day. (laughs) I was full of. Listen, that day I was horny AF. Because let me tell you. Target and pumpkin spice. So. Get a girl going. (laughs) Yeah, I go and I get. This one, it was like a de-stressor. I look on the back. The ashwagandha was like 150 milligrams. I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll take that. And then I seen this libido one. And I was like, oh, let me see what's in there. And I seen on the front, it said ashwagandha. I'm like, oh, ashwagandha's in there. I look on the back, it says 600. I'm like, well, naturally, I want the one with the more ashwagandha than the... But I got both of them. So now I'm stress-free and horny all the time. So, Which makes sense because the less stressed women are, the more horny they are. Exactly. Yeah. If you are not, if your female partner is not wanting to have sex a lot, chances are they have too much on their plate and they're too stressed out to even consider it. The best thing to do is to create space for your female partner to be in her feminine and to feel relaxed. Mm-hmm. And before you know it, she's her mind's going to wander to your penis. There you go. Right to it. So, you know, <laughs> if, men, again, if you're listening, uh, take yourself to Target and get a pump, get her a pumpkin spice latte <laughs> and get her um, some libido. Ashwagandha. Gummies. Yeah, get her some ashwagandha in the in the the vitamin section. I like it. Re- ready and raring to go. All right. So before we wrap up, I want to, I want to say, I want to go into our what's the deal segment. I love her. I love her. Let me tell mm-hmm. you, Jennifer Lopez has been, she is the, she's an icon. Yes. She is the moment. She's always been my moment for the longest time. Love her. Saw her in concert. Literally, my jaw was on the floor the entire time. The woman doesn't age. I don't know what it is. Looks amazing. But I don't know. Have you ever seen, you know, have you ever seen this with clients where they hop from relationship to relationship or marriage to marriage and they're constantly looking for something or they think they found something and maybe, you know, it's not what they thought. Like, what, what is the deal? I, I want to ask and JLo, if you're listening to this, first of all, thank you so much. If you're listening to this, number one. <laughs> if you are listening to this, I'm not trying to come at you, girlfriend, but you know, I love and respect you. But I mean, you know, we've had, let me see here because I pulled her up. I'm like, how many husbands did she have? So she had like Awani Noah back in like the ni- late 90s. She was married to him. 
Then it was Chris Judd in like the early 2000s. Then Mark Anthony, who she was married to him from like 04 to 14. They have two kids together. And, you know, she was with Ben. I don't know if she, I don't know. Was she married to him twice? I can't remember. No, I don't think so. I think she was with Ben before Mark Anthony. Right. If I remember correctly. And then they broke up and then Ben got with the other Jen. Yep. Yep. Because it was the whole Ben of her thing. Um, Yes. And then now, you know, she's back with Ben Affleck and you're just like, what's the deal? So I wanted to bring this in the conversation because I think it's like, what are you looking for? So like, have you, have you ever seen that with clients who were they just hop from relationships to relationship, marriage to marriage, or constantly looking for something? What is it? Like, what's the deal? I don't know. What's the deal? It's, I think, I mean, my assumption is, is it's the grass is greener on the other side. It is the, can I do better? Can I have better? It's, and I'm thinking of this from the context of a celebrity and a superstar. When you have so much and have achieved so much, and if you're in that mindset of, refine and hone, do better, refine and hone, grow bigger. Mm. How do you not apply that to your relationship? I think if I were to apply it to the relationships I work with, I have clients who have a history of that, but my clients typically come to me when they are like, I need to fix what's going on and I need to understand it. So I don't keep doing these same patterns. But my assumption based on the celebrity aspect and just being such an incredible go-getter that there is this like need to do more, do better constantly. And as relationships go through their typical stages, right? You hear of the seven-year itch, which I heard now is actually the three-year itch. And you have, there's actually five relationship stages. And typically after a long-term relationship, there's a stage where you um, begin to like, not like each other. Mm. Yeah, I've been there. <laughs> like, yeah, right. <laughs> and you're just like, I can't even stand the way you breathe, right? And then maybe you start questioning, is this even the right person for me? And instead of working through that stage, you decide to hop to another relationship instead of actually doing the work. It's hard for me to think that Jennifer wouldn't be doing the work though, because she does the work in every other aspect of her life. She works out every single day. She has is a mega star on so many different levels in television, music, in multiple countries. So what is, I'm curious what your thoughts are on what her deal is that she keeps jumping from relationship to relationship because the marriages you mentioned don't even take into consideration the other serious long-term relationships that she had with like A-Rod. Right. Oh yeah. I didn't even bring him up. A-Rod. Yeah. I was kind of heartbroken when they, I I thought that was going to be like, I'm like, this is it. Good job, girlfriend. Like you, you like, because you know, like I root for her and like, I, I look up to her in so many ways because like she is so well put together and like, she's such a good role model and, like she's done so many, accomplished so many things and, you know, performer, singer, you know, um, actress, the whole bit. So it's like, I don't, it, to me, and I, I've, I've spoken on this before, you know, it's like, you see that glitz and glamour, you see that person on the news, that person, you know, in, in Hollywood who has everything and you're like, why would they be so unhappy? You know, you, but you find out, you know, you see like a newspaper or so-and-so suffering from depression or this, that, or the other, you know, something happens and it's like, but I never thought that because they, you know, they're an actress. They, they have fame, they have fortune, they have everything they go on. Why are they so unhappy? But you know, it's like, 
you can do, do, do all day long and plug things in. And like the part of me that like, that's where my brain went. I'm like, maybe she's like plugging things in as a way to kind of mask what she really has going on. Maybe like to deter her from doing the inner work. Maybe it is. Maybe she's not like you can do work on different levels. And some people do like they work on their fitness. They work on their, you know, their job. They're stuck in the doing, but they're not really doing like the being work. Um, which is the most important thing, you know? So for me, it was like, okay, Jen, maybe you got to look within because, you know, all this, this relationship hopping, you know, I don't know. It's like common denominator. Maybe it's you. And he said that. Don't get mad at me again, Jen, if you were listening, thank you so much, but don't get mad at me. I'm just, I'm just trying to help you. Yeah, it is really easy to uh, to use your career or external uh, drivers to avoid doing the inner work. There's so many people who chase their careers and break those ceilings and are extremely successful, but have terrible relationships. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we like to think that People who are successful are well-rounded and work on all aspects of their life. But again, it's really easy to use career as a way to avoid your own personal work. That That is what needs to be healed in order to have a successful long-term lasting relationship because that, that shit's deep and it happens very early. Like I'm talking from the time you're born to like five, seven years old, those patterns and attachment styles are developed. And unless you are doing that healing work for yourself and also through partnership, there's only so much healing we can do on our own. The second stage to that healing is doing it in partnership. And if you're not doing that work, of course, it's not going to work out. Of course, you're going to keep hopping, trying to find that forever love without having to do the work. Um, which is isn't going to happen unless you are living in an uh, unless you're in an un- unconscious relationship where you both are just like I'm fine ignoring that we both have shit to do to make this better and to be happier. But yeah, I mean, maybe that's the thing. Maybe she was just so focused on her career that she wasn't as focused on her relationships and and let those kind of slide and fall apart, expecting them to just work out naturally and organically but that's not how relationships work they don't they don't just happen they require effort and intention and thought and change mm. and growth and growth yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. which is change too yeah. yeah but you know i don't know i wish her the best i always do but i wanted to bring that you know just for maybe like women that are listening they're like well bitch i'm like j-lo too stop talking shit i'm not talking shit I'm just trying to bring to the forefront that, you know, when you are hopping from relationship to relationship and things are not working out, there comes a time when you have to stop looking at, okay, well, he was the problem. He was the problem. He was the problem. Maybe it's, maybe it's you like take a little accountability, right? Like that's the biggest, that's the first step I think to growth and up levelment and taking your life to the next level is taking accountability for where you are now and the shit that you're holding on to that is keeping you stuck from where you want to be. And that's, you know, your business, your life, your relationships. So take a look-see and see, you know, like, why are these things not working out for me? Why do I keep having to go from guy to guy or girl to girl or whatever? 
you know, in order to find my happiness, maybe it's, you know, I need to find the happiness from within first and then I'll attract that. You know, I'm a firm believer. It's, you know, you, you build yourself up from within, you give yourself the things that you need first and then you attract those things into your life. And yeah, because then you don't, relationship. you don't settle for anything less than what you're able to give yourself. Right. Like, why would I engage with somebody who gives me less than what I can give to myself? So setting those own standards for yourself is important. And I think, I think sometimes people do know that they're the issue, but they don't know how to fix it or it's too scary because they have to, you know, stare down that barrel and there's no clear path to, there's always options, right? Therapy, coaches, um, podcasts, <laughs> you know, <laughs> that can help you just get one inch closer to that adjustment that needs to be made once you have that self-awareness. Self-awareness is the foundation of all the work that I do and all the work that we do in life, right? You can't compromise unless you have self-awareness. You can't effectively communicate unless you have self-awareness and you can't effectively make changes in your life unless you have that self-awareness. So the accountability is a huge aspect of that. But what I'm finding a lot in my work that I do is people are like, I recognize this isn't healthy, but I don't know what is healthy. Like there's so much media and stuff around like, this is what red flags are. This is what an an unhealthy relationship is. This is what toxic masculinity is. This is what toxic femininity is. But like, they're like, okay, cool. I have this information, but what is the reverse of that? And that is actually way more rare to find, which is such a bummer in my opinion because now it's like, well, we know that this is bad, but well, how do we model it? If we weren't grow, if we were not raised in healthy modeled relationships in our own home, how do you know to do different if the resources aren't there? There are resources, just unfortunately not as commonly spoken about or referred to. Um, so that's also a lot of the work that I do is like, how do we shift from like, this is unhealthy and these are the steps you need to take to get to healthy. And this is like the ultimate outcome that you are, it sounds like you're trying to achieve. And that's what this looks like. So now you can be like, keep this idea in your head of this is what healthy looks like. And is this activity I'm doing moving towards that or away from that essentially? I love that. Well, you know, before we wrap up, I want to give people the opportunity. I know you mentioned, you know, taking those little steps, those inches, but we don't want just an inch. We want like a whole, we want like eight inch. We want like yeah. nine. <laughs> <laughs> so where can people not take, <laughs> where can people find you um, to get the resources that you just mentioned from you? Where can people find you in order to to work with you? to get the resources that you mentioned in order to improve their life and their relationships. Yes. My website is christinamorellicoaching.com. You can also find me on Instagram and Facebook at Christina Morelli Coaching. So you can shoot me a DM, email me, or, you know, holla at Amanda to connect us. Right. You got it. All right. Well, Christina, thank you so much for being with us today. And until next time, girlfriends, stay inspired. Thank you so much for listening, Bestie. If you love what you heard, spread the word. Screenshot this episode and post it on your social media. Don't forget to tag your girl. If you would like to show some further love, give this podcast a review over on iTunes. And be sure to follow our Staying Inspired Podcast Community Facebook page. I'm super grateful for each and every one of you. Together, we create that next level self. Till next time. 
Stay inspired. <laughs>